The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As spiritual seekers, we often receive guidance on which path to follow. This might be necessary for some time, but as we move along, we need to trust our heart and become our own guide. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us, a place where we can listen to everyone's heart. Your companion on the journey is Jill Asselin. Come join us now on this path of inner exploration. Here is your host, Jill Asselin. Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening. This is Jill. Welcome or welcome back if you listened to the show previously. And thank you very much for being here today. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. So today I wanted to, to kind of tackle, to address um, a topic which is dear to me, the topic of the feminine and the masculine and um, both sides of the coin, in a sense, of the spiritual coin, the psychological coin as well. And I was, I got this idea about six days ago, something like this. I always like to go back and see how my topic um, pops up or gets birthed. And initially, I was playing with the words uh, merging, merging the feminine and the masculine within us. And... Um, and it felt a bit too, I don't know if it's too strong, but maybe not really appropriate yet. And then the word balancing came to mind. And I think the balance um, felt a bit more gentle, a bit more soft in a sense. It almost feels like a dance. It's a dance between the feminine and the masculine. And it's really what um, attracted me, um, what, really, what I wanted to talk about. And how does this dance you know, plays uh, within us? Because one thought that has been with me all week long, you know, I have a tendency to think, and maybe that's my rational side of the brain, that it's either or, you know, it's yin or yang, but it cannot be both at the same time, or it cannot be really a, a balance or a dance. And yet, you know, if you think about a dance, usually um, if you want to tango, uh, um, you need to have two partners, and usually one male, one female, and... Um, so I think, again, the, the expression balancing the, the feminine and the masculine um, is, uh, is quite appropriate to start with. Uh, it's a topic, again, which is very dear to me, and I'm planning to invest more time and energy into it, um, possibly into the new year as well. And I was, um, I was happy this week because uh, on Facebook, I post my invitation on Facebook, and the, the topic was quite popular, uh, at least twice Twice the number of people responded and said they would be attending at some point. Uh, twice the number as what I got last week. And so I think it's, um, it's a topic which is really attracting people's attention because there's a, there's a sense that um, 
the feminine is, is making a comeback. That's what I keep reading. Even this morning, I came across uh, a group on Facebook that I didn't know of called uh, The Return of the Divine Feminine. And uh, it's a sign. It's a good sign. I was talking about sign two weeks ago. And it's one of those signs which is precious to me because it's, uh, it's comforting me in, in, in my, my direction, in a sense, in the direction that I want to take in the next few weeks and in the next few months. I think it's very important to acknowledge that, uh, that divine feminine, not only within us, but at, at the society's level, at the universe level, because it's, uh, I think it's, the, it's the, the primary energy of the Aquarius age. And um, I was thinking about that at the same time I was reflecting on, on observing what was going on within me. And... Um, Interestingly enough, I had some thoughts last Friday and Saturday towards people that are close to me, my brother and my wife. And these, um, I call these thoughts of intransigence. I don't know how to pronounce the word in English. Intransigence in French. Intransigence. And, and the word that came along also with this uh, intransigence is, is the non-acceptance. You know, it's like my, one side of me, um, possibly my more masculine side, while saying about these people, you know, what they do, what they say, or what they think is not quite right. I'm the one who is doing the right thing. And I thought, I was fairly conscious of those thoughts. And I wanted to, not so much to let them go, but to observe them and to see what would happen. With the perspective of the show coming, uh, which was a good, um, a good slash uh, cooking experiment, slash cooking experiment. And that's what I did. And at the same time, I came across a lot of good signs this week that came to me, a lot of good feedback from the universe about um, things that relate to the show today. And one of the first things I got early this week um, are some notes, um, astrological notes. Uh, as you know, uh, there was a very important portal yesterday, uh, November 11th, 11-11. Uh, um, I didn't feel much especially yesterday during the day, but in the days prior to that, I could sense some, um, some irritation, if you will, um, some expectation, possibly. And um, keeping my, my thoughts you know, of non-acceptance and intransigence in mind, when I wrote those notes by uh, a woman called Patricia Lyles, L-I-L-E-S, it's coming from a, a school of shamanism in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I receive them regularly, and I I read the notes. The astrological notes are always uh, quite lengthy and generous and uh, of interest to me. And I wanted to read two portions about this. Again, they caught my attention in regards to um, the dance, sometimes the fight of the masculine and the feminine. Uh, the tension is better than the fight, but there's obviously tension. So it reads, the first, the first portion I wanted to, to share with you today is, reads as follows. Scorpio new moon aligns and awaken us, awakens us to the cycle of the great mysteries. Scorpio holds the power of the water element with its emotionally penetrating receptivity and capacity for depth and magnetism. It doesn't get more feminine than this. Here we go. I was already into the topic. The mysteries of birth, death, deep inner transformation, sexuality, and our power held in the shadows as yet unconscious to us 
are all represented by the Scorpionic Moon. The magnificent forms of destruction and creation are Scorpio's will. At this new moon, Mercury is conjunct the sun and the moon, calling us to examine closely the information and media we are exposing ourselves to, how skillfully we are using our gifts of speech to communicate, how we are perceiving the world for our information-gathering senses. Now is a good time to focus on our ego voices, on how our ego voices are communicating within our heads. Is there a tendency to sting yourself like a Scorpio with critical self-talk? Can you identify where you disempower yourself and others through your thinking and speaking? If you can root out these unconscious mechanisms, you will go a long way to letting more, to letting more love and power flow through you. And especially this last two sentences talking about critical self-talk. And can you identify where you disempower yourself and others for your thinking and speaking is very much what was happening to me um, last week, Friday, Saturday, uh, again, towards my brother and uh, my wife. And, and I said, bingo, you know, it's, it's really a message for me. And, um, and I thought to myself, you know, maybe that's the influence of the upcoming new moon. And that's why I feel a little... Uh, not really agitated, but a little, uh, a little critical, uh, a little uh, too sure of myself, and a little, um, you know, a little not not accepting of others. I even shared that with a friend of mine, and he said it's really not you. And so I thought to myself, yeah, that's interesting. But uh, some part of me is um, is at work here, and again, I wanted to let those thoughts. Um, Simmer in a sense, and by Monday or Tuesday they were no longer there. So I don't know where they went. I think they produced um, what they were supposed to produce. Um, but um, I'm glad I. I'm glad also I was very aware of them and, and not able to act on those. I guess it's part of um, it's part of the spelunking. It's part of the training. You know, you have to. Go within, you know, see what happens, see what comes out of your mind, our mind, and then and ask the question why. And that's exactly what I did, you know. I think something that felt a bit too out of sync with um, with my greater self, in a sense, you know, my my, my bigger slash loving self. And that, of course, it's not the first time it happens, but this time especially, I thought I would um, I would pay attention. And at the same time, I had a very uh, interesting experience along the course of the past three, four days with my brother, regarding my brother. That's why these these thoughts initially came on Friday about non-acceptance of what he was doing or not doing. And I will share that uh, fairly soon with you in in the next segment. But um, the last portion of the the second portion I wanted to share from these uh, astrological notes uh, is more or less the conclusion of it. It says, this is the last or closing square, and we will experience it three times over the next year. Squares bring a crisis, a reckoning of the elements involved. And tension is created as we try to balance the two disparate qualities swinging from one corner to the other. So two qualities, you know, I could relate very well there to, to the masculine and the feminine, and to the, to the tension. They use the word tension exactly what I felt. Here, sober, serious, structured Saturn is at odds with spacious, idealistic, and imaginative Neptune, which is, it, which is, 
which is it going to be? Discipline and poignant focus or Saturn or surrender and trust of a force greater than self, Neptune. We will watch our lives engaging both sides of the configuration. We many the gifts of both sides of the equations at different times. Saturn says it's time to get disciplined and responsible and create some structure in our lives if we ever hope to move toward what we want to create. And Neptune's soft voice is calling to those who need to let go into inspiration and dissolve boundaries that hold us back from the magic and flow of trusting the unfolding of life for spirit. And I thought to myself, wow, especially in regards to that experience with my brother, I'm reading, uh, rereading those notes uh, for the second time today. And, um, and that's what I want to share with you. You know, what happens when you let the dance happen? When you don't stop the music in a sense and, and take one side. And sometimes maybe that's what balance is all about. You need to act and be more masculine. And sometimes you need to be more reflective more more reflective and receptive. I think one word that someone shared with me in terms of the feminine energy is that it's important for us to be on the receptive side and to be willing to receive whatever comes our way. It could be a question of surrender. It could be a question of listening and see what happens. But it's just the opposite of taking. It's the opposite also of sometimes imposing uh, our will or our way of doing things, and which is very much what my, my masculine side wanted, to me, wanted me to do with my brother last Friday. I was right, and I had you know, every, every reason to think I was right from a, from a logical, rational, even mathematical point of view. Um, my decision would have made sense. I could have proved it. And, and yet, you know, when we, we open to the possibility that even though we may be right or some part of ourselves may be right, that there is, a, there is a, another possibility. And I think that's, what, that's when the dance starts. That's when the dance starts to get underway, inspired. And maybe there's an exchange back and forth. And the last sentence from these notes, um, talking about the influence of Neptune and Saturn, it says, there are big traps here, lessons awaiting our growth. Saturn can make us too responsible and rigid, while foggy Neptune let us slip off into our addictions and escaped into illusion about what's really going on. So obviously, you know, that you can think that the masculine is in one sense entertaining or protecting the feminine and vice versa. And that the dance can be very, um, it's a masculine word that comes to mind, can be very productive, can be very pleasant at the same time. When we, when we, um, when we let ourselves, you know, enjoy the, the dance, enjoy the, the pace. And um, so that's what I've been reflecting all this week. Um, in terms of uh, what goes on within. And again, um, a lot of things you know, came to me, and it's a, it's a good sign. Another piece that came to me uh, is from a woman called um, Eliza. Uh, she wrote some reflections still about um, the 11.11 portal, and she was talking about a dichotomy in her. And 
again, that was my first impression of the masculine and the feminine. There's a dichotomy between one side of us that wants to do things, that wants to take action. In earlier shows, I mentioned that dichotomy as well in terms of cross-cultural relations. There's one variable or one dimension we call achievement slash affiliation. And sometimes, you know, the achievement in us, it's the more productive, it's the more material, it's the more materialistic as well side of us want to take charge and do things. And then on the other end, it's much more a question of affiliation. It's much more a question of building relationships. And it's not necessarily a question of doing things. It's much more when you talk about cross-cultural relations, it's a question of getting to know one another. And sure, you need to take time and spend time together. But I think you also need to have an exchange. You need to have a dialogue. You need to um, get to know one another. And that side is by all means, it's a much more gentle, it's a much more, it's much more soft. You know, the, the goal of, of getting to know one another, it's a never ending goal. And it's also, I think it's a soft goal as I look at it. And it's not a, so much of a, of a hard goal, like meeting the bottom line, for instance, or achieving some sort of a performance standards. And um, when I worked with these corporations, you know, there were so many roles and whatever, goals and standards and things like this. And uh, as we know, in the corporations, the corporate world is very much ruled by, by the masculine. Uh, there's some exceptions, fortunately, but a good bit of it is um, is controlled. Um, the word control, I guess, comes to mind. Controlling is also a masculine tendency. Again, imposing what we would like others to do. And if we have the ownership, if we have the upper end, um, that's something we may think we are entitled to. And yet, when we try to gather people around, not, not only around us, but gather people around as, as a group, and try to build some cohesion within a group, uh, within, you know, in terms of cooperation, instead of building relationships, in terms of learning um, about each other's lives on a more personal level. We may not achieve, you know, standards of performance, but there's something, something going on on, the, on a, a, an invisible level, which feels to me like glue. It's like a, some sort of a spiritual and psychological glue that is going on. You know, the beauty of getting to know one another. I don't need to expand on that. But um, I think that's where I see the dichotomy that this person, Elisa, uh, was talking about. And I will, I will share a bit of what she said in my, in my next segment. But um, it's something we can feel within, again, the yin and the yang, uh, two different influences. And, and we have to learn how to balance this. So I will, um, I will see you soon. Thank you very much. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jeel Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Jill. Thank you very much for being there today and for listening I was talking right before the break about um, this dichotomy sometimes between the, within us or within society or within corporations as well, between the, the feminine and the masculine, which I equated with um, you know, one side being the achievement and the other side being um, affiliation. And um, again, we need both sides in our lives to be able to function, except possibly if we live in a cave, but I don't think it's... Um, Everyone's desire to live in a cave on the top of the mountain. We need to have interactions with people. I think we need to have interactions with people. It's essential for our survival and, and health. And I was reflecting yesterday on the notes on the post of, uh, again, my friend Elisa, which happens to be living in the same state where we live. And I've been following her blog for a good three years now. And this is more of a reflection yesterday about the day, Veterans Day in the U.S., which was a very a lighter day, at least in terms of traffic, many people getting the day off. And um, there was more, possibly more quiet going on, at least in her life where she lives. And this is what she shared. I want to share two portions again. One says, there is a mending of a deep dichotomy within my own being that of the conflict between my masculine and feminine energies that has come about during the past year, although not through any forethought on my part. A good part of this extraordinary ascension process that some of us are undergoing quite presently demands that we let go of the direction in which, uh, in which change takes us. This can be interpreted as the threat of loss of control by our heavily conditioned masculine nature, whether we are embodied as male or female. 
Last year, I wanted to know what was going to happen and when. This year, I'm striving to release that need to know and to understand everything before it can naturally unfold in the natural rhythms of the universe. As the seasons move from one to another, whether or not you track them on the calendar, so does transformation and change come into one's life. Is this not so? And I was talking earlier on about this, this need to control uh, our destiny in a sense. And I, and I think it's important to some extent to, to move forward. But obviously there's different ways to approach this, uh, this moving forward. And um, you know, do, we, do we need to know every step of the way? Do we need to go from A to B to C to D? I mean, and having definite landmarks along the way. I guess it's it's everyone's um, personal journey, and some people proceed um, differently from others. But I think if we want to be receptive, as I said earlier on about these feminine energies, there's more there's more of a receiving, there's more of an aligning with the universe or with spirit, whatever you call it, or God, if you want to call it, or whatever you want to call it. Um, something that comes into your mind, into your life, sorry, and, and blesses us in a sense. And that's, that's how I see it. And um, has this kind of change happened in my life in the past year? Uh, it's interesting because, again, we moved this past summer from one coast to the other. And uh, it happened fairly rapidly within a month, uh, although we had made a, a previous trip here before. But... Um, I think there was something that was getting ready, in a sense, getting ready to be uh, to be transformed, to be birthed. Uh, in the previous notes, um, the astrological notes I read from Patricia Lyles, uh, she was talking about Scorpio, and Scorpio being a time of destruction and rebirth. And that's destruction or letting go. I think it's a bit of what I sensed in terms of what has happened to me and my family this year, a bit of letting go of the past, at least the past that we were living on the East Coast in New Jersey was 20 years old. And it, feel, it felt really, um, at times, it felt a bit, a bit stale, a bit, I don't know, it was about our lives and the way things were going. I'm not saying things are going any faster. It's not a question of speed. It's more, again, as I said, a question of feeling aligned in our lives and, and, and sensing how things are going. With our, with our hearts more than with our um, minds. So what is it going to happen here? I have absolutely no idea. I'm still kind of wondering, uh, why is it that um, things happen so suddenly in our lives? And then um, Eliza goes on in terms of the left and right uh, spheres of our brains. As humans, we have a tendency to overuse the left hemisphere of our brains, the masculine portion, which has a tendency to want to dissect the world, to label and place things out there into understandable and logical categories. In the Western world, we have become too engaged with the material world and have forgotten, perhaps intentionally, intentionally the hidden, secretive and mysterious world of the right hemisphere of the brain the part that communicates directly through pictures and images, through sound and movement, through color and visions, 
through illogical and paradoxical means to bring forth symbiotic and instantaneous understandings and knowledge. In short, through the use of meditation and self-expression, you begin to know things without knowing or understanding where the knowledge came from. And I think it's a good example of um, using the right, the right part of our brain, the right sphere of our brain, the more feminine side. Uh, how do we use intuition, uh, knowledge coming from somewhere else? I mean, there's many different ways. Uh, she mentioned sound movement, um, visions. Again, it varies from people to people. But I think uh, there has to be um, an openness to that, an openness to let our, our feminine side lead the dance, in a sense. I was talking about the dance earlier on, and I think... Uh, you would think in most cases that the dance has to be led by the, ma the masculine or slash the male partner. Again, I don't want to equate the masculine and the male, but in this case, when I think about a dance, a physical dance between two people, it's oftentimes the male who is leading the dance. And why does it have to be so? You know, in terms of what goes on in our life, it doesn't have to be the masculine leading all the time. Even even though the masculine may be more rational, more logical, may have, you know, may, may be able to prove things, two plus two equals four, it doesn't mean that there's no other way to do things. And until we try and appreciate different ways of different different ways of doing things, I think you will never know what you know what is out there, what is what is available to us in terms of of using our full power, in terms of standing in our true and full power. Um, this is something we are all um, able to do at some point, I think, uh, when we reflect and, and give ourselves um, time to breathe, in a sense, and, and not being involved in, in action and doing things all the time. And so... Having reflected on that and what Elisa said, which really struck a chord, again, right in the middle of my reflection on the, on the feminine and the masculine, it couldn't be more apt, more appropriate. Uh, I was thinking and reflecting on my experience with my, my brother. So what happened is um, it started about last Thursday or Friday. I mentioned earlier on that my mother... Um, I was getting old, you know, she's 80, almost 88. And um, she moved into a retirement home about six, seven months ago. And uh, I think it was the right thing to do and the right time. And I think uh, I've seen her last month and she's much more, much more at ease, even though she's not 100% there with her mind. I think the, the, the situation and the environment where she finds herself now is much more supportive. Of, of the needs that she has at the moment, especially in terms of very basic needs like food and like routine, even activities, even she doesn't take part of these activities very often. And so, which means she left uh, the apartment that she owned. Uh, she owned an apartment in a small uh, town about 60 miles southeast of Paris. And the apartment has been empty for about six, seven months. And my brother has been trying to sell it except the market hasn't been very, um, very good for sellers uh, these days in France. And um, if we were to sell it now, I think my mother would be, 
losing at least 40 to 50,000 euros, which is a lot of money considering the, the amount she invested in the apartment. So it, to me, it doesn't make sense. And again, it's the masculine part of me, but it's, uh, it's also, in a sense, sometimes the very useful part of me. It didn't make sense to, um, to sell the apartment. And uh, so logically, we try to, to rent it out. And there's an organization that uh, manages uh, the residence where my mother used to live. In France, it's called a syndic. It's like a, almost like a syndicate, a different meaning. But this is an organization led by one person. Julie, it's a one-person thing, a two-people thing. And, um, you know, it would make sense. They know, they know the apartments in the residence, and they know who is renting, who is owning, and that kind of thing. So... I said to my brother, why don't we talk to this person and see what she thinks and maybe she can help us out. And as it happens, uh, he had already been in touch with this person. He had sent an email, I don't know how long ago, maybe three or four months ago, and he never got a response. And um, that, you know, things happen, people get busy, and, um, and it seemed like from what I was hearing from him, there was some pain or so this discomfort around this this not receiving any response and um, I don't know exactly what it was uh, I wanted to explore that and I'm still willing to explore that with him but I could understand there was um, what I would call uh, some sort of a psychological block which um, which makes some sense knowing my brother and the childhood we had and uh, again it's some sort of an assumption. An assumption is maybe something we made from a masculine perspective, but it, it you know allows us to to make decisions and and, and take action. And um, so I decided, yeah, we're going to write this person. And I sent the person an email. I had talked to her the, the day before, and then I followed up with an email. And I copied my brother, and in a response, she said. Um, she said, yes, um, I need to know the, I need to see the apartment, but uh, there's one couple who is interested and we may be able to, to rent it for such amount, which was a fairly decent amount and what, more or less what we had in mind. And it would especially provide revenues to my mother so that she can pay for a retirement home. And um, my brother's reaction wasn't very, um, it was detached. Um, his first reaction on email is said, um, yeah, maybe we can go back to the agency, the agency that is uh, selling the apartment and see what they think. But uh, I could see, I could understand that there was something, you know, blocking him in a sense and, and not, willing, um, not willing to return to this person when, you know, by, again, logical standards, business standards, it would have made sense to to hire this person to rent the apartment out. She would have gotten a commission, of course. And, um, and then it would have been in a, in, a, in a good, my mother would have been in a good position. And I, again, I could sense some reluctance from my brother. And uh, I kind of suggested, you know, why don't, we, um, why don't we talk about this? And there was no response. And um, again, I... I could sense, I could hear that uh, this issue was bothering him. You know, going back to the woman who apparently didn't uh, respond to him. And um, he mentioned that quite a few times. And so I was willing to talk to him and um, assuming that, again, I make assumptions, but there was a, a feeling of rejection. 
around this experience, um, again, it's an assumption that I would qualify as possibly compassionate, trying to understand. But my approach, you know, as the days went by during the week, instead of um, being not accepting of my brother's um, lack of decision in a sense of reluctance to work with this woman, which was more or less last Friday or Saturday, I became more receptive and I said, maybe there's a different way. And I sent him some energy, uh, some positive energy, so that things would move. And then I called him um, Monday night, and there was no response. I left a, a short message. There was no return from him, no phone call, uh, no email. And I said, that's fine, I'm going to go back to him. And I went back to him last night. I was able to talk to him. And we talked to him for quite a long time, for about 20 minutes. And my, my first question to him, um, which I think is more of a, a feminine approach, was, you know, what happens when uh, you send out an email and you don't get any response? How do you feel? And I think he was a bit surprised by the question. Maybe he didn't expect it uh, on that level because I didn't go right into the business of it. It's obvious I wanted to talk about the, the lease or the rental of the apartment, but um, I didn't go right into it. And he didn't really give me an answer, but um, we had a discussion. And I think eventually he expressed some frustration with all the work he had to do, when, especially three or four years ago when my mother moved. Uh, I was there when she bought the apartment, but I wasn't there when she moved. And they moved for about you know 30 miles. They had to hire a mover. And he had to help her out. He had to take care of everything, which I understand is a lot of work. But um, I couldn't be in two places at the same time. And at the time, it didn't make sense for me to go back for just one short week or two days and, and help them move. And then after that, he started talking to me about you know all the work he had to do when my mother moved in because she wasn't able to, you know, set things up or, you know, obviously she wasn't able to build closets. And, and so he went into a long list of the things he had to do on his own. And he said, um, uh, it's only for one person, it's a lot of work. And I was listening to him and I acknowledged what he said. And I, you know, listen, I think I was in a more, again, in a more receptive, not in a more, not in a, in a, in a forcing mode where I'd have to tell him what to do. And I listened to him for about a good 10 minutes. And, um, and it seemed to be helpful. And, and, and the strange thing he said at some point is that he had called a woman two days ago. He had called that woman who manages the residence um, two days ago on Tuesday. And I don't think he left a message, but there was no one there in the office. And... Um, he said, I'm going to get back to her tomorrow morning, which is first day today. And I thought, ah, it's very interesting. You know, I don't know exactly what happened and how the universe worked. But um, something obviously happened. Um, you know, things get, got moving. Um, I wasn't trying to impose my own will or my own uh, logical solution, you know, the rent for this amount from uh, this organization which sounded very easy and um, not much work for us. And even though my body didn't say anything, he took action and he took action in the, in the direction that I was hoping he would, he would go. And I found that again um, a bit startling. You know, the universe 
works in the direction where we would like to go. Again, it doesn't always work the way we want to go, but things things get things get done, things get accomplished. And um, and I thought to myself, wow, this is quite interesting. This is, you know, because I was able to let go of my of my way of doing things. I was I was able to let go of my imposing of what I wanted him to do. Most logically, would be the good the good or the better thing. Um, things happen, and it's just the way they were. And um, I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but I was um, I was really startled. I mean, I was really um, impressed in a sense by uh, by that little story, and um, it gave me also also a chance to talk to my brother for a good um, a good twenty twenty five minutes. And, and let him vent. Obviously, I know that they were, that's what he was doing. Um, but sometimes it's uh, it's a very useful thing to allow people uh, space, you know, space to express their concerns. And I think that's what we both missed in our childhood, you know, a, a platform, so, so to speak, where we can express ourselves. And um, paradoxically speaking, we, we were faced with a lot of um, masculine energy coming from my mother. And my mother, you know, is still taking care of her now, which is also a bit paradoxical that um, because of what happens, you know, in the past, uh, things are the way they are with all this, um, you know, accumulated baggage uh, for both of us that we had to deal with. And I mentioned uh, about two weeks ago that he... I think he's done quite a bit of work in terms of his own healing and his own progress. But um, maybe there's more to do for both of us. So that's the story I wanted to share. It's a, a story of, I think, of balancing, at least or letting the, the feminine take the lead in the dance. And um, perhaps it's something we need to do more often. Uh, not all the time, but... There may be ways and situations where it makes more sense, so to speak. It makes more logic uh, to let the feminine go. And things happen. Uh, it's almost like by osmosis, uh, things take place. Situations get changed. I don't know what the final outcome of this um, discussion will be. I haven't heard from my brother today. But... You know, it's, uh, we're moving in a sense. And so that's what I wanted to share with you. Thank you very much. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jeal Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Jill. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in all of us and uh, this balancing of the feminine and the masculine within us, whatever it means to us and whatever life uh, throws at us. Uh, I was just looking uh, during the break at the notes I, was, I took uh, when I prepared um, today's, uh, today's show, reflecting on the experience with my brother and what I wrote um, down here is uh, the question, how do I proceed in a more feminine, gentle way when I could suddenly push my point and prove to him that I was right? And that's the kind of question that came to me, you know, once I started. Um, I wouldn't even say that I let go of the thoughts that I had on Friday about and I, I was pretty irritated. I can remember that uh, the emotion that came with it. I wasn't angry, but I was irritated. You say, said again. My rational side was saying, you know, it's we need to rent my mother's apartment. She needs money. She's a bit short of money, not much, but she needs money, and she could rent that. She could use that money very well to pay for a retirement home. And uh, you know, the word waste. We're wasting my mother's apartment. Came to mind. And as the, day was, the days went by, you know, I softened up within, I softened up. How do I proceed in a more feminine, gentle way when I could suddenly push my point? I could push my point, but is this the thing that is going to work? Is it going to work better than just listening to what my brother had to say? And the second line that I wrote is, I need to know how his feelings are being hurt. I need to receive and listen and not so much force or take. And I'm glad I did. When I wrote this, must have been Monday or Tuesday, 
And it's pretty much at the same time when he made a phone call to that woman to inquire about uh, the rental. And there was a, a very, as I was having this reflection, I think it must have been Saturday, a very interesting sign came to me. I was reading a book to our son. Uh, again, we have a five-year-old. And I bought him last month in France, I bought him a book about Barba Papa. It's a, it's a very old cartoon. It was uh, still around. It was already around 40 years ago when I was growing up. These are not people. They are shapes, shape shifters. And they, they, they change their shape according to what's to be done. And there's a Barba Papa family. There's a Barba Papa. There's a Barba Mama. Interestingly enough, the Barba Papa is pink and the Barba Mama is black. And their you know, eyes, they, they look like beans, beans in a sense. And they, they are standing up and they have arms, but they are interesting and they are different. The, the kids are different colors. There's about five or six kids. They have very different interests in uh, various things, you know, music, sports, uh, arts, uh, taking care of animals. One is an astrologer too. And you follow the family as they go, as they go by in their day-to-day -day routine. And the book I bought to our son for our son last month in France was about L'Ecole, the school. And it's very interesting because it's very much the story of the masculine, the feminine. And I thought it was a great sign coming to me uh, in terms of my a sign saying, you know, Gilles, there's a different way of doing things. There's maybe a more, a more receptive, a more gentle way to listen to what your brother wants to tell you. And I think I was receptive, I think. And this uh, book about L'Ecole, it talks about a school, uh, looks like a primary school. Again, it's a, it's a comic book, so it's um, for kids. But there's a lot of fighting in the school. All the kids are fighting at the same time, and the teacher who comes in late um, cannot do anything to get you know, things in order. The kids don't listen, they keep misbehaving, and it's, it's a big mess to the point that the parents are called to school, and the parents are threatening the kids, you know, you're going to end up in jail if you keep uh, misbehaving in school the way you do. And it's all like this in the first three or four pages, you know, there's a lot of warning for the kids, you can see kids, even picture of kids in jail, <laughs> interesting, or um, behind bars, it's, um, it's amazing. And then you have the Baba Papa family that comes in and says, you know, if you'd like, we could manage the school for you. And get the kids to be doing different things. And what they do, they, they set up a school, a school of life. And there's different kinds of activities. Uh, there's, you know, workshops about painting. There's workshops in nature about collecting mushrooms or observing and watching animals. There's a school about mechanics. You can see a couple kids in a garage uh, fixing a motorbike. And there's a lot of sports also going on. And at some point, kids start again to fight. And you think the school is going to fail. And no, the Papa used this example to teach the kids about rugby and how you inform, you know, the, I don't know what the word in English, the melee, when, the, when the, all the people, all the players in the, in the team, one against, are facing each other shoulder to shoulder. I'm not a rugby fan, so I don't know the technical terms in English. And uh, so there's a, the good thing is like everything is being used to, to foster the kids' the kids' creativity. And obviously different kids have different interests. And, um, and in the end, I think it's very, 
it's a very big success. Uh, even the teacher that was more or less uh, silent comes back to the Baba school and he's teaching geometry to the kids and you can see the kids listening and the parents come back and they see how well behaved the kids are in school and they, and they listen and they, they are very thankful and grateful for the Baba Papa family. And it, it came at the very right time for me, you know, again on, on Saturday or Sunday, I believe, and uh, showing to me that, you know, there is a different way. And possibly the universe uh, was telling me that there's a different way. I'm not able, and I wasn't able to look into the future. I wasn't able to look into, um, or to think that my brother would make that phone call to the person on his own. Because I thought it would be, you know, um, upset, or um, I don't know, feeling uh, still feeling the effect of that uh, non-response from the from the person, and yet things happen. So it's it's a it's a very interesting situation how the the universe you know supports us in ways that we cannot fathom. Until I think, uh, I think it's really a question of positioning ourselves in a in a receptive mode, in a receptive um, heart mode. Again, I think the mind. I've been talking about the mind quite a bit uh, in the first few shows about the mind, about the emotions, about what goes on in the mind. And I think in this case, when we align ourselves, it's a, it's a question of putting the mind to rest in a sense. Acknowledging the mind, let him, you know, let him, let him, let it be part of the dance, but not let it lead the dance. And um, I think it works wonder sometimes, you know. I, I cannot generalize, but I think the the experience of this week was really, uh, really beautiful, and that's why I wanted to to share it with you. At some point, it's interesting because I was questioning myself. You know, how do I relate to this um, feminine and masculine divide? I even used the word divine. It's I'm reading my notes here, and it I wrote the, I wrote the word divide. Uh, it's interesting because if you see the yin and yang, there's no divide. There's, you know, one black side and one uh, white side, but they are all, in a sense, entangled and they form a whole. And we are a whole. The universe is a whole. And I think the goal in this case is to, not to take advantage, but to take the, the, take the, let the whole manifest and not so much um, let one small part interfere and take the lead and mess mess up in a sense the universe's plan. That's how I look at it. At the same time, you know, when this happened and I wasn't taking so many so much action, the question that I came to mind is am I too laissez faire? And I don't know. Laissez-faire, laissez faire, which means uh, it's a French word, it means let go or let do. Um Maybe that's the appropriate attitude. I think sending energy also when I was sitting in front of my altar and when I was, you know, meditating and sending some positive energy to my brother, 
is a fairly active, um, fairly active stance, and um, and I was, if you want, I was doing something, but um, I wanted to share those questions, you know, that came to mind, and, and I think to invite uh, the balancing of the of the masculine and the feminine in our lives, it's important that we ask those questions. It's important that we reflect on our thoughts, where our thoughts come from, what our thoughts are leading us to do. And um, in front of me also, I have the title, and that's what will be in the last few words for today. These 14 steps to awaken the sacred feminine, um, woman in the circle of Mary Magdalene. Uh, this is a book I quoted from last week. And this is a book I will return to uh, in the next few weeks. I really want, I'm really interested into, you know, learning how we can open up, awaken if you want, uh, this sacred feminine in us. And I think uh, until now, for the past two or three millennia, not enough importance has been given to the sacred feminine. And there's a, there's a need to honor, there's a need to acknowledge, there's a need to restore um, the sacred feminine uh, to its, uh, its due place. So I will leave you with these, uh, these words about uh, the importance and, uh, and the beauty of the sacred feminine in our lives, in our whole. And I've been talking about the whole, the whole of the universe, the whole that we are. And we are just one whole in a sense. So thank you very much. I wish you a wonderful week and I will see you in about seven days. Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giel Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again.